You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. It's offseason, but hey, we got some spring practice coming right up in less than a month. Jared, are you excited to actually get some football started and uh, for us to hear about this team and how they're working with the new coaches that they got? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I I still feel like we didn't really have a season, how crazy it was, so you know, if we can start getting back to a little normalcy here, and I know we're not there yet, but yeah, I'm excited. Let's get back in the spring. Let's get a, let's get an A-Day game in and uh, get ready for next year. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk more about the spring game and uh, spring practice and uh, maybe some players that we're excited to see maybe emerge from this uh, spring practice and, you know, A-Day game and all that coming up, make some predictions on that. Uh, We're also going to talk about Gus Malzahn getting hired as the head coach of UCF, the team that got the national championship by beating Auburn back in 2017. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, how the tables have turned or the turntables have turned, as (laughs) if you know the office reference there. (laughs) Yeah. I was I was a casual office. I watched The Office enough just to know the characters. <laughs> it's just hilarious to me. Like, uh, and then of course he he plays Boise State his first game, so it's like, oh, of course, like, yeah, how is yeah, this? That, how is it, this possible? <laughs> he, he's probably going to make them his uh, new Arkansas. Maybe. Hey, this would be kind of interesting. Uh, I hope. I don't know. That'd be kind of interesting if he if he is able to beat Boise State kind of the way he did against Arkansas. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't hate it. I think it would be kind of interesting. No, I don't. I wish nothing but the best for Gus. I hope Gus goes undefeated and, and does win a, a legit championship. So, yeah. unless it's against Auburn. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I, I think he's he's probably got nine to ten wins if maybe every once in a while, you know, make another undefeated run. Um, I mean, it's possible. and. I, I, I mean, the toughest team on his schedule is Cincinnati, and that fluctuates. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to be yep. as good every year. So, right now, the toughest t- because Boise State lost Harson, new coaching staff. You got all right, he's got Boise State, Cincinnati, and Louisville. Those are his top three. He, he was asked. <laughs> I can't say it without laughing. He was asked by a reporter, "Is he going to be able to handle the?" Uh, uh, I guess the pressure cooker he's walking into <laughs> down there, and he kind of chuckled. No, um, he did. He like he he started his sentence. Like I, I watched him, and he like started his sentence, and he tried to answer it. And then within like five seconds, he was like, <laughs> "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, like pressure cooker. I mean, Cincinnati is a good team. I'm not knocking any of them, but like Cincinnati in, in the in the West, most years would probably be you know about Ole Miss stature. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I so, mean they had. Was it Lamar Jackson a few years ago? I mean, well, Louisville did. He does yeah. have Louisville, since, but Cincinnati. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Cincinnati. No, no, you're fine. But Cincinnati. I mean, they had a really good year. They 
almost beat Georgia. Really good year, no doubt. But year in and year out, all right, you're probably talking middle of the road in the SEC, and that's your toughest competition. So I thought it was yeah. a funny question. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. I mean, it was a younger reporter, but still, like, do a little research on uh, – I mean – does he not even know anything about the SEC and what the expectations are for coaches? Like, did he not just see m- multiple coaches get fired after like two <laughs> years of being there? Like, he he went on Twitter <laughs> to defend himself and apparently knows about Auburn. Maybe even an Auburn fan. I don't know. It was it was something weird. But I I'm just that's just a crazy question. That was insane. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, another kind of interesting thing. I mean, obviously we know about Gus's buyout. Um, at Auburn being twenty one point four million, and uh, that is pretty much guaranteed to him, I guess. Regardless if he got a job, because now he's got the job, and now it's coming out that he still is owed, uh, pretty much half of that still. After so, he's going to be making another what, ten eleven million dollars, um, even though he's got another coaching gig. So it's like, wow, that was a terrible buyout deal for <laughs> Auburn. Yeah, I'm surprised that we didn't name the university after him. I think they got everything they wanted in that contract. My goodness. Good, good for Gus. I'm not mad at Gus at all. It was just crazy we, we agreed to that. Uh, I remember the uh, you made, you were probably too young. I think, if this is correct, when we got rid of Bowden, um, essentially, if he got a new job, it ended, and he took a, a full-time job. Well, he took the mm-hmm. part-time job at ABC where he does the halftime show, and he was making a ton of money. And we argued that was his new job, and he said, no, it was part-time. I don't know what the ruling was on that, but he was making so much money, way more than a part-time job Man. pays. Yeah. So I'm sure <laughs> he, some attorneys and judges figured that out. But Yeah, he may have only been working 20, 25 hours a week or something, but if he that, was getting paid more than. <laughs> yeah, he was getting paid more than, than probably me and you combined, and he was working, yeah, basically a couple hours on Saturday. Man, that is ridiculous. But hey, I mean, Gus's agents, they they worked Stephen Leith and Stephen Leith was just uh I mean, what I don't even know how to describe him like just a pushover, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the problem I've said this before, this is a big deal in college the college sports. They have these experts. I mean, these agents are experts and they are negotiating with sometimes presidents of universities and athletic directors should be a little more skilled in this, but they are it's not a fair fight. These yeah. people' expertise, especially presidents, is to run a university. Mm-hmm. It's not to negotiate a football contract. Yep. And so it's way tipped in favor of coaches. Um, and and until somebody finally calls their bluff and says, you know what, this is all we can do. If you got to leave, you got to leave. You know, it's going to keep escalating. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of more or less what happened. I mean, Gus is. Uh, you know, at the time, Gus back in 2017 was, uh, you know, supposedly getting offers from like Arkansas. And uh, then that, of course, brought Auburn into this and Auburn had to up his contract. And then you got the 49 million over seven years deal. And that kind of messed with Auburn from that point on. It kind of put us in an odd spot, especially since the buyout was so high. And, and I think that gets me on a topic of like, I don't, I understand the concept of buyouts like it helps the coaches it may help recruiting even uh, to understand like the coach is probably going to be there the next year or the year after if you're a recruit i get that but at the same time some of these buyouts literally lock you in even if the coach performs very poorly at the very beginning of this long contract and it, it just seems ridiculous to me that teams and coaches and 
uh, I mean, I get the coaches part of this, but I guess the university, why they're still making these deals. Yeah, the problem, uh, I, I don't know how to make the numbers work. I'm more in favor of paying them a lot of money in each individual year and lessening the buyout because here's what happened with Auburn. The people that made that deal, it was such a long-term deal, they were gone. So Alan Green <laughs> inherits a deal he did not create, and he is judged off of what he does as an athletic director under a deal that he had no control over. Yeah. So I'm more of a pay them more money per year, give them a little bit of a buyout that goes down year over year, but then that's more of an individual year performance thing, and it doesn't hurt as bad to get to let a coach go. This is not just for Auburn. This is anybody. I, I think it's more of a more money on the front end, less on the back end. Yeah, well, and – if we think about this practically, you pay them. I mean, I, I think, you know, say, you know, the going rate is $5 million for a coach like Gus Malzahn, and, but you, you want to lessen the buyout, maybe raise his pay for every year to like 6 or $7 million, but say, hey, we're not going to give you as much of a buyout. And so that puts the pressure on the head coach to perform every year um, because if you don't perform the buyout so low, you get a few donors in there and they can pretty much say, sorry, after your five and seven season, you're out of here. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and so, you, and this is all about planning. So you can plan for that. All right, listen, seven million is a lot of money, but all right, you tell me it's seven million. We can plan, we can budget. We don't know if you're going to go six and six and we're going to owe you, you know, 15 million within 30 days. That's mm -hmm. something that's hard to plan for. So tell me it's seven mil. We'll plan for it. And then, um, you know, at the end of the day, that's broken up in more years, and it does require you, like you said, to, and listen, I think Gus gave it his all. This is nothing against Gus. I like Gus a lot. Um, this is just overall. But, yeah, I think it does at least give that, uh, that if you think about taking your foot off the gas just a little, you're like, wait a minute, I don't have that cushion there. I got to keep making mm -hmm. $7 million a year. Yeah. I need to win games. Yeah, I mean, that's my thinking. Like, uh, yeah, I know you got to pace yourself throughout the season, but sometimes you just got to win the game. Like, you know, win the big games that your fan base really cares about. And I think that that was one of the Achilles heels of, of Gus. And, uh, I mean, I still love Gus. I, I, I want him to do well at UCF. And, uh, I mean, if he stays at UCF, hey, maybe he's uh, he creates a dynasty there for UCF being a – you know, group of five kind of team that does really well. Um, and maybe every once in a while get some notoriety, um, and is able to face these, you know, tougher teams, maybe in their non-conference play, like maybe schedule a Clemson every once in a while or something and actually beat them in the regular season. That would, that would put their stock so much higher. And, and Gus kind of did that a little bit for Auburn. Sometimes it was like, we'd scheduled the, you know, a little bit harder non-conference games. And then that bumps up your, your strength, to schedule, you get some more looks. Hey, even if you play hard against Clemson and you lose by you know three points, that's a respectable score. So I could see that kind of happening. If Gus kind of is able to, you know, help with scheduling a little bit while he's down at ECF. Well, I know we got to get on to Auburn, but I think in three or four years, landscape's going to change a little bit. And if the ACC could get Miami and Florida State to approve it, I wouldn't be surprised if Central Florida doesn't become an ACC school. That's a big hurdle to get over, getting those two teams to approve that. Um, but 
I just, I mean, listen, they have 70,000 students. I mean, they're the largest public university in America, I think, mm-hmm. based off of enrollment. Nobody realizes that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a lot of commuter. I think it's a lot of graduate stuff, too. But that's still a lot of, they have money. So um, they're a huge school. I think they will wind up, especially if they keep winning, they will wind up, if there is a realignment, they will at least be in the discussion. So Gus may get in there, you know, at the right time and then get that thing rolling, build it up, and then they they roll into a Power 5 conference. That would be kind of interesting to see uh, them move up in. I mean, I think they have – UCF is, for the last five, even maybe a little bit longer, kind of been – very consistent high up in the group of five that it may catch the attention if uh one of the power five conferences wants to expand a little bit so i could see it happening um in the next few years um also i mean just kind of mention this i mean it's auburn related i feel like because it's t will uh travis williams got hired as dc which uh at ucf under gus malzahn so big congrats to him i was uh kind of hoping he would land his feet somewhere in a bigger role like that. Um, what was he at Miami for like a couple weeks as I think linebacker coach <laughs> or something. And then now he's, now he's got his job. This is what he's, uh, kind of been working towards for the last few years. Uh, and man, that, that guy, I hope he does well. Um, because he's got a lot of, uh, I mean, he does things super well with the groups he's got. Um, in his limited capacity with the linebackers, he does very well. Um, and so it's just a matter of building out the defense that he wants and uh, kind of making it his own defense, which um, I'm sure is going to be a little bit, bit of a growing pain there. But he's he's one of those guys, he gets his defense on his side and gets him to play 110%, even if you're undersized, which UCF players have typically been not as big as the SEC players, but he gets them to play hard. Um, I feel like, other than giving up uh, beachfront, uh, you know, property for <laughs> one of the hottest places known to man, which is Orlando. If you've ever yeah. been to Disney, I think it's a great move by him as a yeah. good hire by Gus. And you know, if you're an Auburn fan, you got to like this too because everybody loves T. Will, but he needed to go get experience as an actual coordinator somewhere mm-hmm. um, before maybe he comes back and becomes Auburn's DC one day. Oh, Maybe he comes be cool. back and becomes Auburn's head coach one day. But he needed to start getting that, all right, things are under your command. He needed to go somewhere to get that, and and this is the start of that. Okay, just thought about this. How interesting would it be if, like, we think of Rhett Lashley or somebody like that that's coached at Auburn as offensive coordinator, and then we get T. Will back. How nuts would that be if one year down the road we get two you know, previous assistant, like assistant coaches that have done well, um, and maybe become one of the head coaches of that. That would be pretty cool to me. Yeah. This is after Harsons obviously has won five championships and took an NFL job, but yeah, this is like um, 15 years down the road. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but another thing too, that I'll hit on, and we have no insight on this, but conversations are had and, and T will was a good candidate. So you got to think, I wonder if T will told Harson, listen, if Gus gets a job, probably going with him. And so, you know, we all think that Harson didn't take T-Wheel because he didn't want him. May have been, but it could have been combos of, hey, uh, Gus very likely could get a job and T-Wheel would be his candidate. And then now Harson has to go back to the drawing board to hire another linebacker's coach. So yeah. you never know what combo went on, but I could I could see that being a conversation they had. Yeah, well, and the, that I feel like the linebacker position took – 
a lot longer than like we were expecting. Like we were almost expecting him to come out in the you know, first week or so and say, yeah, we got T will back really excited about this. We got Cadillac on the offensive side at running backs. And it's like, we never got that. And so I wonder if that conversation was kind of at a stalemate trying to, you know, T will wants to see if there's potentially another job out there. And, I mean, now ultimately he's found a DC job. Um, yeah, this same outcome would have happened if we kept T. Will. Gus goes to Central Florida. Gus hires T. Will, and mm-hmm. now we're back to looking for a new linebacker coach. So maybe we predicted that future. Maybe Harson didn't really want T. Will. I don't know, but you're right. It was so long drawn out. I wonder if it was kind of like, all right, um, we want you, but we understand if that comes along, you got to take it. We don't blame you, so we're going a different direction. Yeah, no, and that kind of reminds me of like, uh, there's little things that I'm learning about Harson as he's going, and one of the biggest ones that I keep hearing from Harson's mouth is he's a big culture guy. He wants the culture of the coaches to get behind him and to be aligned, um, which I think you know for most coaching staffs that's your goal. But there's usually some there can easily be some you know fractures in that where you know this coach doesn't really believe in in the head coach or something and then and it's like your whole vision of isn't going towards one thing um and so maybe that was part of it too but i think the whole thing is essentially we all assume because you know billy bob 14 on twitter says this is why it happened (laughs) reality is there's a lot of things that go on a lot of conversations these are human beings and we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, and they don't come out and tell us. Yeah. So it could have been either way. It could have been he didn't like him, or it could have easily been, I want you, I really want you, um, but I'm also cognizant of the fact that you may get a D.C. job very quick, and mm-hmm. I can't take that risk because, I, yes, I need to start building continuity. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for, I feel like, I mean, you got a first-year coach in there, and you want to get, especially now that spring practice is just around the corner for these guys, you need your coaches in there and already bought in and your players to buy in to the system. And if you don't have that, I mean, that, that could cause a little bit of a, you know, shakeup. Um, so, I mean, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, obviously, but I, I think it worked out in the end. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Good for everybody. Good for them. I hope they. I hope, I hope T will succeeds. I hope Gus succeeds, and you know, got nothing but love for those guys. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcast, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. Jared, I know we were kind of touching on this a little bit 
But what over the last you know month or so have you learned about Brian Harson since he's been hired? Uh, because there's there's been you know now we get an, a recruiting class out of him. Um, now it's only partially, but you know we got some of that. But how what kind of information and what what are you kind of learning about how he's running his football program um, that that you've seen? I think you hit the nail on the head running the football program. I think the uh, I have no idea. I could easily say argue that Gus was a better coach than a lot of people in the SEC, maybe even than Harson. But Gus is a coach. Hmm. I think Harson has come in, and either because he's been doing it long enough, he has become more of a CEO, and he realizes what it takes to win. Now, will it translate? I do not know. But he is bringing in massive amounts of people off the field for recruiting. He is bringing in very key people in specific roles, bringing in Bobo, who has connections with recruiting, who runs a similar offense. He can turn it over to him. Mm -hmm. Derek Mason obviously has experience in the area, was a head coach. He's brought in people like, hey, I'm. he hasn't said it, but you could see, I'm going to turn this over to you all. I'm going to handle this as a CEO. And that's the new way of doing it. That's what Nick Saban has started doing. Mm -hmm. um, Gus is a fantastic coach. I think Gus lacked the CEO aspect and maybe a little trust aspect. And who could blame him at some of the rumors at Auburn? Um, so it's going to be a new look. and. It encourages me because I will be honest with you. I think we talked about the budget that we spent. We didn't even touch Alabama's budget on recruiting. Mm -hmm. And if the rumors are true about being a little unorganized on recruiting, we still hovered at like number nine every year. Yeah. Can you imagine if we increase our budget and we actually have an organized plan for recruiting? What what could happen? Yeah. I mean, recruiting is just like the tip of the iceberg here with like kind of what I'm learning with, with Brian Harson is I mean, one of the things he said in his press conference, which kind of stood out to me about when he started uh, talking to the guys that, you know, Gus and his staff were previously talking to was he just wants them to be a good fit. He wants them to know that Auburn is the right fit for them. This coaching staff is the right fit for them. It, and part of that, I think kind of that'll lead down the road to these guys. I'm hoping, you know, in the, you know, transfer portal age that you know any player at any time can jump to a different school but this is i'm hoping that kind of you know maybe slows that down a little bit because it always hurts when you hear oh harold joiners jumping in the portal and you're like dang it why don't we use him more like and like he didn't necessarily i don't know like you think of the players that you want to get the ball and you want them to, you know, do well. And it's like, I'm really hoping Brian Harson is able to manage that a little bit better. Um, and, and I think with that kind of comes the preparation of making sure that the guys are ready mentally, physically. Um, I mean, one of the cool things that Auburn put out was a video of uh, Brian Harson in the workout uh, gym, just working out with the other players. And I mean, I, I knew he did that at Boise. There were videos of him doing it at Boise. But, hey, that's pretty cool. Um, if I was a player and my coach was, you know, shoulder to shoulder with me, you know, repping 225 on the bench, I'd get excited. I'd be like, yeah, go, coach. Let's do this. Um, so I think that's another cool thing that I've, I'm kind of slowly learning about him is he really wants to get in there with his guys um, and jump in there and not um, – uh, there's there's kind of like I think there's a balance of what you're talking about with being a CEO, but also getting down in the trenches. It's kind of like 
you know, you think of battle generals or something like the better generals are the ones that, you know, they're not going to ask you to do something that they won't do themselves. And I'm hoping Brian Harson, you know, based on some of these actions, you know, he's, he's not afraid to jump in. And, you know, <laughs> if he's trying to show you something, he, he'll jump in there and show you. Um, <laughs> I think that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I think he's kind of a no nonsense, but I think he's also a guy who's going to be very organized. I don't think there'll be any details that are missed. Does it result in wins? I have no idea, but I don't think they're going to miss any details. And I think that he is also, oddly enough, probably the most non-Auburn Auburn man. Like, mm. I think, you know, there's no connections to Auburn, but I think he's got that, um, whatever that is, you can kind of feel it. Yeah. Um, I think he's a good guy. Um, I think he's going to respect the culture. Um, but he's going to bring some new things that we, we need um and honestly credit Dallin green because without him i don't i don't know that we would have gotten an outsider in so i think it's going to be a good thing yeah uh so far so good now i mean even even with all this i'm not expecting auburn to win you know nine ten games a season would it be nice absolutely does does our schedule maybe line up for us to win nine to ten win yeah i mean it could but i'm also kind of tempering my expectations down to this year if we even you know, go seven and five, maybe eight and four this season. I think I'll be okay with it with a new offensive and defensive scheme that we're kind of bringing in with um, our offensive and defensive coordinators. Yeah, I think you beat beat one of the big three rivals and win the other games you should. And I'm not counting Penn State as a should. It'd be nice to win it, but mm-hmm. beat the teams you should talent wise, and then beat LSU, Georgia, or Alabama. One of those. I think first year you would you would uh, consider that a success. I mean, you got to remember, um, Saban lost to Louisiana Monroe his first year. <laughs> yeah. Um, Georgia went into like double overtime with Nickel State Kirby's first year. <laughs> I mean, you just you know we all want to win ten games right out of the gate, and we got the talent. I mean, we got one of the best running backs in the country, um, and you can ride him. But yeah, I think uh, win the games you should beat at least one of your rivals. And then, you know, start hitting that uh, 2022 recruiting class. Yeah, I absolutely think so. I mean, let's kind of transition because I think you're, you're you know, touching some of the stuff, like expecting. Like, what are you expecting this year out of Auburn this year? Because, I mean, obviously we have Tank, and he was a big portion of what the offense was last year um, in production. He could just, you know, find seams and find holes. Um, one of the stats that I saw – um, was about Auburn's returning production as far as, you know, related to other SEC schools. And as far as rushing goes, we're kind of middle of the pack. We're eighth. Um, we, we're returning 82.2% of our returning rushing yards. So 82% of all yards last year of those players are returning. So, you know, I think that's a good thing. Mostly tank, shivers. Um, it's kind of part of that, even though we did have a big, I felt like a big exodus, um, as far as running backs, but Hey, we got, uh, we got some guys now to kind of fill in those gaps behind. So now at least I think we're four deep. Is that right? We're four deep in running back. I think yeah. Right. With the addition of the guy, the uh, freshman from Mississippi, I think we are four deep now because we brought back Devin Barrett. Yeah. We got so. Shivers, um, obviously tank. And then the guy, I can't remember, but the guy from Mississippi. Yeah. So I'm excited about that um, and kind of how that shakes out. Um, kind of any big expectations of running backs and what we should expect this year? I'm going to say this as uh, calmly as I can. I, 
I think Tank Bigsby, if he stays healthy and stays at Auburn, could become the second best running back we've ever had. Hmm. Um, I may be blowing him up too much, but what that man is able to do behind uh, average or sometimes sub-average line yeah. is just amazing. The vision he has, the ability to not to break a player down to where they can't take a good angle on him. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it, it's, I haven't seen it. I mean, yeah. people say he runs like Cadillac. Cadillac was fantastic, but Cadillac excelled mostly because of his heart. Like he ran hard mm-hmm. and could cut. This guy does it with such ease and grace. Yeah. It, he, it's, um, I don't want to knock his, Cadillac. He keeps but. his feet under him so well. It's like you, you see him go up against the guy and, and you're like, okay, you know, nine times out of ten, that's going to be a tackle. But Tank somehow breaks out of that because he keeps, you know, a low center of gravity. And, like, that's something that you can only learn by just pure talent and then reps of doing that over and over, hitting guys. And Tank has, I don't know, he's he's potentially got the, I don't know, like he's got one of the best skill sets for running back that Auburn's seen in a long time. And that excites me. I I I kind of worry like you a little bit. Does he stay healthy throughout the season? Because if he can stay healthy and be able to run consistently, I mean I I I mean just knowing what I've seen out of you know when Mike Bobo was at Georgia, they're gonna run the ball, and Tank Bigsby should run the ball. I mean, considering this, okay, here's another you know returning production stat for you. Auburn is dead last in the SEC at returning receiving and and most of those are guys like seth williams anthony schwartz eli stove they're all gone and those were our main guys this last year and the year before that were getting the ball and now we have to go to some younger less experienced guys so i think we're probably going to ride our running backs a little bit heavier especially early on in the season um i mean i mean what do you think about that like what do you think our do you think we will do that or am I kind of like, do you think we'll kind of keep a good balance for it? No, I think we're going to ride the running back. I think that uh, I think we're going to get under center more. It's going to be a different offense. But, um, you know, we're he, <clears throat> Harson, and I know it's Bubbo's offense, but Harson, they're going to be on the same page as far as this piece of it, I would assume, is that stretch run play. Hmm. And yeah. all the experts say that is a good running back's dream, you know, scheme. So, I just, man, I'll be honest, if, if Tank doesn't get 14, 1,500 yards, I think we, and he's healthy. If he's healthy and doesn't get that limit there, I think we did, I think we underutilized him. Yeah, potentially. Opinion. I mean, and obviously I don't want to like run him into the ground, but at the same time, if he's the, you know, hot hand at the time, and uh, if he's only at like, you know, 10, 15 carries in a game, He's still, you know, turning. He's already over 150 yards or something. He broke a big one. Keep him going. Like AJ, at 1,500 yards in 12 games is 125 a game. I mean, do you think that's – is that overstepping, saying that's doable? I mean, he, as a freshman, had what? I think four? Maybe No, he might have even had more than that. Four or five? Before he got hurt, games. he hit it, he hit it every game, but I don't know yeah. that he did after. Uh, we didn't really give him enough chances after he got hurt. But, I mean, obviously – a buck twenty-five every game on the money's hard, but he's going to have games where he might get two hundred. Another game where he gets eighty, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I think a buck twenty-five averaged out over twelve games is is not really crazy for that guy. Yeah, I mean, I think it all hinges on can he stay healthy, and if he does, I, I give him I give him a really good shot 
And if he gets up to those kinds of numbers, that's, you know, potentially, even as a sophomore, you, you start getting mentioned in the Heisman kind of, you know, conversation. Not to say he's going to become the Heisman, but hey, you get in your, your, you know, end of your sophomore year, you know, the conversation about it. And then junior year, you might be one of those top five guys people are talking about being a breakout star in his junior season. It could yeah, happen. I think our I think our wins or losses will probably hurt him next year. It, even if he had two thousand yards rushing, I think you know mm-hmm. they like to see you win games. But you're right; you start building that uh, platform for the for the year after. Yeah, but hey, the year after this may be the second year under Bobo, and uh, we're able to offensively, you know, our, we got it going. I mean, we we would have one season under our belt, you know, a full spring, hopefully, you know, barring COVID stuff. And then a full season, I feel like that uh, that could be you know one of the bigger years. Now, obviously, we got Bama and Georgia away the year after, but uh, I I kind of see if we can maybe pull one of those out and we finish the season like you know ten and two or even eleven and one or something. I could see him still being in that conversation. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and, he, and he'll be if he has the yardage, he'll be there no matter what. I'm just afraid you wouldn't you wouldn't win it or finish top two if you don't have the wins. But yeah, you're right. Who yeah. knows what's going to happen? Um, one other stat that I wanted to mention is uh, returning sacks. So we actually did pretty well. We're returning uh, 78.9% of our returning sacks um, from this last year. And hey, we got uh, in our, uh, what is it, the regular signing period, traditional signing period, um, the guy from Northwestern who had four sacks, Eku or Iku, I, forget, I think it's Eku. Or I'm going to let Iku. you handle that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Iku. He Yoda. wants to be named something else, I think. I can't remember what it is. It goes by something else. Yeah, well, I think it, he get, his first name is Andrew Leota, uh, okay. which I can say that's, that's my first name. Uh, but I think he goes by Iku, which wait, I think your is fir- pretty cool. Wait, your first name's Andrew? Yeah. I've never known that. I never uh. thought to ask you. <laughs> yeah, AJ. Andrew. I thought AJ was your first name. Oh, dude, that would be pretty cool (laughs) carry on sorry didn't mean to throw you off all right jared i know we got a day coming up and uh spring practices uh just around the corner so uh i know a lot of that conversations once we start hearing things out of camp and i mean i'm just excited to get some camp this year spring practice spring camp and uh and a day i mean i feel like that that did hurt auburn's uh, this last year i mean it hurt other teams too but i mean I'm excited to see what we can do after a full spring and then going into, you know, fall practice right before the season. Um, if we can install our offense and defenses, it it can get, it can go towards, you know, you know, having a pretty decent season. Um, but Hey, it's, it's a whole new system and these guys got to buy into uh, what Brian Harson, Mike Bobo and uh, the, just everybody, all the coaches uh, are kind of uh, putting down for the players. Um, any other final thoughts, Jared, before we get out of here? No, I just want to remind everybody again, because it's fun to say uh, Nick Saban lost to Louisiana Monroe his first year. Hey, that's a good so, stat to remember. Yeah, I just want to throw that. Uh, I think he almost <laughs> lost, to, or may have lost to Iowa State in the bowl game, too. Of course, they're good now. So, um, not to be a but, Debbie Downer, but is Auburn going to be like that this year? Are we going to lose to, like, no. an Alabama State or something? <laughs> No, national championship. National championship. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know. Who knows? But I just want to put people's, you know, uh, uh, put things into perspective. But I will say the cupboard is not bare. 
Um, honestly, what might hurt is next year because, you know, the recruiting class this year was a little thin on just people, actual bodies in the yeah. room. Um, but this year, uh, the new year coming up, I mean, you know, we do still have a former five-star quarterback, and we have a stud running back, and we have a really good secondary yeah. and some ton of experience at linebacker. So, you know, it's not bare. Uh, it's not. It would not blow my mind if we won ten games. Probably blow my mind if we won eleven. But it would not. I yeah. would not be shocked if we won ten. I wouldn't be shocked if we only won seven. Um, so yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm. I'm kind of in the same same mindset. Like, I think it'll be fine. Eight eight wins is kind of. You know, or seven wins is kind of my floor. And then ceiling would be like honestly ten wins. If we get anything above that, I will be just mind blown. Yeah, I mean, I you know, and ten's great, eight's great, seven. You're not saying that's great, but you know, like, what do you expect? I mean, it's a whole new staff. I would not be totally disappointed. It, this is, yeah, they, they just didn't even have a, they didn't get the recruits in, and this yeah. is just kind of let's let's get prepared for 2022. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jerry, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?